Welcome to Rick Radio Community News, that's episode 82. I'm Mick Handy. Later in the programme, we talk with Lisa Crotty about her company, Tap Handings, who run their services here in Rings and Orangetown Community Centre every Friday morning. But first, well, join us on the Community News Desk is Leah Chevalier uh, <laughs> from Harmony for Paws, and that's all to do with dog training. Leah, you're very welcome once again to the, the programme. Thank you for having me. Um, I suppose we had you in last year when you were having your, your training for uh, the, the dogs. This time it's going to be a forward course, course for puppies. How did last uh, session go here? It went pretty well, yeah. Uh, the dogs learned loads of things, but this course is going to be a bit different. It's all going to be about puppy socialization. So it's going to be for puppies under six months. So they could actually have interactions with other puppies in a safe and supervised environment. And at the same time, their humans will learn all like the little basics of training, like toilet training, how to address all the little annoying behaviors that the puppy can have. Uh, like a few basics of training, like recall and like sit, and lay down, go to your place, little things like that in a fun and really entertaining environment. So puppies are like humans, they need socialization. Exactly, well. they yeah, do, yeah. but they also need to be doing it in an environment that's like putting them in a successful place. So this is why it is really important to have those interactions supervised a little bit and knowing when we need to interfere, when we don't, um, respecting the puppy's rhythm, making sure they're always comfortable with what's happening and all of that. You mentioned that uh, they're up to six months old, the puppies for this training course, but how soon can you get them trained up after a month, after two as months? As soon as they're like vaccinated yeah. and they're safe to go, like they've been cleared by the vets to go outside, um, as soon like you can start. Even and, you and can, how long does that take normally? It really, like um, when they're two months old and they join their forever family, they get... Um, one of their first boosters and then they're going to get another injection a few weeks after that and there's another one after that so let's say around three months yeah they should be completely cleared depending on when the breeder started doing those injections it really depends because some uh breeders won't do it until uh like they won't do it at all and the family needs to do it it really depends if it's been done or not if they're already cleared to go outside and all that and I presume kind of if they socialize well between, you know, after two months under six uh, as well, that this will help them in their in their their life ahead. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because puppies need to multiply positive interactions and everything that happens in that period of time will be really crucial for what's happening next. So it is really important for them to be able to have interactions that they are actually comfortable with, that are fun, so that way they don't become fearful over the dogs later on. Mm. And they also learn how to communicate with other dogs. They will learn how to focus on their humans as well, because it's good to have a puppy who's able to socialize, but it's also really good to have a puppy that's able to let it go. And that can actually come back to you when you're out and about as well. Ah, I see. Um, I suppose from the purpose of uh, the different types of dogs, is there is there a certain type of dog that would be more social breeds than others? Like there are some dogs that were bred to be a bit wary of people, but socialization plays a big part. So it's not because those dogs are from certain breeds that they're not going to be able to like other dogs. 
Like there's certain predisposition, of course, but it's not all of it. Like um, like socialization play, definitely plays a massive role into that. Not only it is only one of the things that actually plays into this, but making sure those interactions are always always fun is a good way to make sure they're gonna grow up into happy dogs. Yeah, for sure. Very good. As long as it's it's, it's the course is going to start on the twenty sixth of September. On a Tuesday night at, at six thirty, and initially it, it'll be just for four dogs. Is that right? Yes, it is. Uh, Why four? It's just to keep the number because small. Because the room, yeah, yeah. I want to keep it small, and I want to be able to be there for everybody and be able to give advice to everybody. And we also want the puppies to be comfortable and not to be overwhelmed with a with a crowded room. Yeah, so yeah. That's also really important. So this is why we're keeping it small. And yeah. of course, it's taking place here in Rings End yeah, or Community Centre. In the blue Center. room. As well, which the the blue room, the blue room. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the well. name of it is. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what breed of dog, whether they're big, small. Uh, no, no, it doesn't no. really matter. It doesn't really matter because it's like everything will be organized in a way that they're just. We don't just throw them in the room. There'll be loads of little things to discover for them. Yeah. There will be little enrichment activities, and while we chat with the owners, like the puppies will be busy like sniffing for little treats and things like that. Um, and then we'll see who's comfortable to interact, who's not, and then we'll work around that. Yeah, and it's, it's around for an hour, two hours? It's an hour. An, an hour, hour six four weeks. Seven yeah. Yeah. Very good indeed. And you were mentioned too that if you get a good response that you might be able to put on a second session? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. definitely be open to start a uh, second group at 7.30. And if that's the case, then I'll be able to probably separate the bigger ones and the smaller ones. But even though, even if they're together, they'll be... They'll be very happy to see each other as well. Now, as you said, this one is for puppies. Have you added in the pipeline for, you know, bigger dogs or? Not at the moment. No. But, but I do one-to-one training as well. Yeah. And I also will start doing social walks with the human, uh, the humans, really soon as well. So what? That you walk with the, yeah, the person so, yeah. who brings their dog, and you tell them whether they're doing it right or wrong, or. Mm. They're always doing it right. We don't tell them they're doing yeah, anything yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the point is to have interactions that are not only based on playing and wrestling. It's the um, the fact to go for a walk together and sniffing together, having interactions where each dog can actually be doing their own thing, sniffing and all of that, and having a nice walk while being around other dogs. So I have a group of smaller dogs who are really nervous around other dogs. And I am going to do a second group as well with dogs that are a bit more outgoing. And that in so in that environment, we can actually work on focus on the owner, a bit of recall, all those things that are really important when you're out and about with your dog. Very good indeed. And of course, we've Rings End Park down the way here. And I know there's lots of dogs around the, yeah, they the are. area. And yeah, you yeah, see people are. walking dogs yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. For people who, who wish to uh, partake in the course uh, or if they want to do one-to-one with you, uh, have you an email address to contact? Uh, I have a website that's www.dog-training.ie and on the dog training page, on the bottom of it, you have the form. Uh, there's a direct link to book for the socialization course and there's also my phone number on that so you can anybody can actually go on my website and then find my number or send a direct request through the website as well. Lovely stuff. Well, we wish you every success with Thank it you. again. Uh, hopefully it goes well 26 September for four weeks and uh, on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Leah thanks a lot for coming in to us here thank you for having me on the Community News Desk come and join us at our Retro Cafe 
open weekdays from 10 until 2 here in the community centre. Come and check out our Karen's culinary delights. You're listening to the Community News Desk on Rick Radio. Well, joining us on the Community News Desk uh, now is uh, Lisa Crotty. It uh, is. From the Clap Handies uh, group. And uh, Lisa, you're very welcome to our podcast here uh, on Rick Radio. Uh, I suppose, first of all, I'd like to know, um, how did you get into this? So I had my first baby about 17 years ago, exactly 17 years ago. And I needed a change in my lifestyle. So I was out looking for a new job. And that's really where it all started. And I started running the baby and toddler play labs in Sandy Mount, actually, was my very first venue. And I had one and then I had two. And now I have 40 venues. Fantastic indeed. Yeah. Uh, 40 over those years as well. But uh, you said you, you changed uh, your um, career uh, I think you were in Acton, were you? Before I did, yeah. yeah. So, so there was there was a connection to coming into a room and being able to sing songs in front of large groups of people because I trained as an actor. Um, but then I realised after working as an actor for a few years that I was probably going to be a pauper. So I decided to go into, I had a couple of businesses before. I was a salesperson. I did lots of different things, but I wanted to come back to doing something more creative. And I think that's, that was the essence of why I started Clap Handies. Fantastic. And I suppose, as you said as well, you had your own children. Uh, so that was another reason to perhaps do it. Yeah. So I saw when I had my own children, I realised there was very little to bring them to. Um, there were toddler groups, but I found the toddler groups, while they're brilliant, I just found them a little bit of mayhem, a little bit n- not structured enough for what I wanted to do. Um, so I started looking around at different programs that were available, let's say, in the UK or in America. And I thought about buying a franchise. And then I thought, well, no, I think I could do it better. Yeah, so what yeah. I did was I brought in, because I didn't have the expertise in early development, in childhood development. I had the business and I had the creative and I had the singing and I had that side of it. And I guess I was very playful with my own children. Um, so what I did is I brought in experts. So I brought in an, a couple of um, specialists in their field. I brought in a speech and language therapist. Um an occupational therapist, a a paediatrician, a health nurse. And I was looking to them to say, okay, so this is the play that I wanted to do. Mm. Is it right? Or what's the, what's behind the educational side of the play? Because I didn't know that, to be honest. Yeah. 17 years later, I can certainly see, yeah, I'm I'm an expert, um, I'm an expert from being able to see the thousands and thousands of families that have come through the classes. Yeah. Fantastic. And of course, you're here in uh, Ringside Irishtown Community Centre on Friday morning. We are. Uh, how long is that for on Friday morning? So we have three classes. We have our toddler class, our wobbler class and our baby class. And each class is approximately 50, um, 50 minutes long. And then each term is seven weeks. So we run a seven week term. Somebody asked me recently, why could we not do drop ins? And it's because it takes the term. Yeah, it, yeah. In the baby class, we'll talk about it in a sec, but in the baby class, it's, it's you're learning from what you learned last week. And in the toddler and wobbler class, they need the time to be able to feel that this space 
is a fun space because sometimes they come in they're suspicious maybe yeah. the parents are going to drop <laughs> them and leave them um, and a lot of them would come with childminders as well and they're a little bit nervous if they haven't spent time with other children so it takes that time for them to maybe to relax to feel confident and to understand the structure of the class and it's when they understand the structure of the class that the real magic happens that the, the learning starts to happen and that just takes time. The drop-in doesn't work for us. Yeah, I suppose it's like trying to play, learn to play the guitar. Exactly. You, you can't just do it once and put it down and then just go Exactly, back going to the gym on well. day one and going, because I like you it. You mentioned there where perhaps some of the, the, the babies or the toddlers kind of are wondering, is the, the parents going to run or the child might going to run? Do they stay with them? Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's about... Um, we call them the play lab, so it's the laboratory of play. But it's very much about their caregiver playing together with their little one. So mm. in the baby class, it will be predominantly parents. In the wobbler and toddler class, it may be grandparents. We have a lot of grandparents. Mm. We'll have um, we'll have moms and dads in both classes. Um, we'll have a lot of child minders as well who are at home, maybe nannies or maybe au pairs that are at home and they come to the space. But it's very much about their, them playing together. The play lab leaders um, are there to guide the play and the programme is there to structure the play, but it's very much about them playing together. Mm. So they have to sing. And it doesn't matter if they sing out of key or if they sing the wrong words, but our we're constantly encouraging the grown-ups participation. Yeah, no, they definitely yeah, come. Yeah, absolutely. You said there was three different uh, classes, baby uh, wobblers, which I think is a great name, and, and toddlers, and obviously they're different. So yeah. let's go through them. What the babies, what would they essentially do? So the babies start at about six weeks of age. Some parents come at six weeks. I'd say the average is probably 10 or 12 weeks. And they'll go up to about six or seven months until they're crawling, uh, certainly until they're crawling or until they're sitting up independently. Mm. So the baby class is made up of music, rhythm and rhyme. So we do nursery rhymes every day. Um, but then we also, we also do the baby massage program. So that's a five week long, five weeks of the seven weeks we're teaching the parents baby massage. And when they come, they also get an online uh, companion program. So all of the videos are there to teach them the baby massage. So that's, um, so that's about... Uh, what's the entailed? <clears throat> yeah, about, yeah. yeah, what's the entailed baby massage? So it's a, a, a structured program as part of the International Association of Infant Massage. And it teaches parents um, strokes on the legs, the arms, the stomach and the head. It helps relieve pain. Um, it helps. So if you have a baby with constipation, a baby with colic, a baby with any type of stomach pain, it can really help with that. Um, it'll help promote sleep because after a massage, they might go to sleep. Um, teething pain are the strokes on the, on the gums can help teething. But it's also about... Um, the bonding and the connection between the adult and the, the parent and the child that are doing it. There's a lot of songs around it, so a lot of language development too. And the other thing that we teach in the baby massage program is we are the baby play lab program. We teach baby uh, sign language. So we teach ISL, which is Irish Sign Language. Um, and we teach uh, parents 28 signs. So they're really simple signs. Nappy, sleep, tired, home, mommy, daddy, 
cat dog, all these little simple signs mm. that can help promote um, language development because a baby can't speak until they can't make the mouth shape until they're about 10 months, 11 yeah, months, yeah. 16 months, two years. So around then is when they're starting to develop the words. But they can make the shape of the sign with their hands and they'll understand it right away. So after about three weeks of using the same sign, if you use milk, which is the sign, you can't see the sign because I'm on yeah, radio. Yeah, I yeah. just did the sign, guys, yeah. for milk. But if you if you use the same sign, after about three weeks from the baby being about three months of age, they'll start signing it back. Babies babble with their hands. So mm. babies of deaf parents will actually babble with their hands because they see the sign. So it's much easier to make the sign. So it helps with frustration at around 10 or 12 months. So it's a beginning introduction to sign. And then we would have uh, the online program, which would give them access to more signs as well. Then the other thing, we do a lot of sensory play, so we use a lot of props. We're teaching the parents or we're showing the parents how through play we can help their baby develop the different skills they're going to develop. And they develop so many skills in the first year, but how they can enjoy that development because they're seeing the little ones grow and maybe do gross motor skills. So how they're going to um, help their babies build up the muscles through play, through nursery rhymes, through action rhymes, whether or not it's a lap rhyme or a stretching rhyme, how they can build up those muscles to become sitting up babies, crawling babies, and then eventually um, walking babies and um, kicking football babies. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I know we all learn it and we all get there, yeah, of course, yeah. without coming to the play lab. But we now have the opportunity through having maternity and paternity leave to yeah. enjoy that play. I have to say, you know, it's fascinating because going back, you know, yeah, my know. time as a baby was just many, 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 many years ago. But you never had any of this. No. You probably didn't even have it up to 20 years ago, did you? No, I don't think we did. No, I think when I started 17 years ago, people were like, a play class? Yeah. yeah. What are you talking it's about? It's fairly new. new it is ish, fairly yeah, new yeah, here, yeah. yeah. Um, but now when I say to people, oh, clap handies, they're like, oh yeah, play class, yeah, that's what yeah, I do. Yeah, and sensory, as you say, <coughs> I've heard sensory recently. Yeah, well. our sensory development in class. Sensory is just another word for play. It's yeah, just, an, yeah. I call it play. Other people call it sensory. So it's about bringing lots of different Props, lots of different ways of, of encouraging play. We use treasure basket play in the class, which is bringing together a collection of objects. But yeah, it is a new thing. But I think we're more invested in our children, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we want to get more out of parenting. It's a huge thing that we do in our lives. And, and suppose, as you mentioned there, it's, it's between parent and baby. But it seems also between parents and babies and other babies, the social socialization. Sort Absolutely. Of so getting yeah. our babies to spend more time and maybe I don't know, I wasn't around 40 years ago. Well, I, I didn't have babies then, but maybe there is less people. Our neighbors are not next door. So our neighbors yeah. are working. Yeah. So at the different stages when we have our babies, maybe our friends or our neighbors or our sisters and brothers aren't having children at the same time. Yeah. So um, it takes a community, they say, to, to, to raise a child. I've seen on Instagram recently, well, where's the community? Can I have them, please? <clears throat> so I guess bringing them into the class 
hopefully you find your tribe. So you're finding the other parents in your area that have children at the same age as you and uh, and that are, you know, the right connection for you. Maybe not everybody in the class will be the right connection, yeah, but yeah. hopefully you can make that connection. I know there are people that came to class 17 years ago who are still best friends. Yeah. Absolutely. And and they've made, and their children are growing up. The big, the big thing is, is do you find a parent that you like and do your children find a, pa- a friend that they like? That's when you hit that magic sweet spot. So I guess that's something that people are definitely coming to the classes to get. Fantastic. We had the babies. What about the wobblers? So wobblers and yeah. the in-betweens. Yeah. So they're the guys that are on the move. They're the guys that are fast. They're speedy. <laughs> they're into everything. Um, so we start them at around seven months and they go up to around 15 or 16 months. Um, the play there is we do the music, rhythm and rhyme. So every week our leaders, I was saying earlier that we sing, mm, we learn yeah. our songs, we sing, we don't have music in the background. And that's a really important thing for me because they learn through song. And when they go to school, they learn so much through song. You know, that's one of the key teething, teaching methods. So, um, when we get them into a room, it's a str- they understand the structure, but they have the freedom to be able to explore the room. We bring them back in by using a huge amount of props. Um, so if we're singing Baba Black Sheep, we have finger puppets and every single child in the room and every adult in the room will get a finger puppet of a sheep. I personally, well, our business personally owns about two and a half thousand finger puppets because <laughs> we have finger puppets of frogs. We have plastic dinosaurs so when we sing the songs we go oh what's in our bag and everybody comes in and looks in the bag and that's what keeps them engaged in the singing because they might be around they may not be sitting on laps and we definitely don't expect them to sit on laps that's really important our job is to keep them engaged and to bring out the new surprise to bring them back in to the activity and then every week we have a well we have we have a surprise house And in the house, it's a bright wicker basket, let's say, and it's got a top on it. And in the house is the activity of the day. And we make the sign for house. Again, I'm making the sign for house. It's like a triangle if you put your two fingers together. (laughs) If anybody comes to class, they're at home going, yes, I know what she's talking about. So we make the sign for house and then they come back in to see what the new activity is. For our wobblers, it's open play. So they don't have an outcome for the play. And I'll talk in a minute about the outcome with toddlers. So they're at the stage where they're playing side by side. So the, the play is the activities that we might have is you might have a house full of rolling cars. And that's about getting them on the move. So if they're sitting babies, encouraging them into being crawling babies, some parents would be like, why would you encourage that? They're going to get there eventually. Um, so we might have a bed day where we have like, 50 cars and they're flying around the room. Might have another day where we have these gorgeous dolls and they're dolls of every, um, I don't know, of every race. They have like six or seven different races. So they come in all colours and shapes and sizes. And we have little boy dolls that have little boy bits and we have little girl dolls. And they're just gorgeous um, little dolls. And to see the boys playing with the dolls. Of course, we're going to have the boys and the girls playing with the dolls. But maybe that's not something that we would have seen before. Yeah, so yeah. we have little baby dolls and little sippy cups. And that play lasts maybe 10, 15 minutes. And during that play, the parents are getting to chat to each other, um, which is nice. And also the children, the wobblers are getting to um, 
observe each other playing. So every week we have a new activity and we currently have 17 different themes. We started with seven and then we've grown. So we've seven different sets of activities. So we won't rotate until they've got to the next age group generally. Um, And then after our surprise house, we use bubbles. We always use bubbles in our class. Transitioning is hard for little ones. So with the bubbles, we have different ways of getting them to transition. So we'll bring the bubbles out so that we can move on to the next stage of the class. And our last stage of our class is story time. And we do the sign for storybook and we sing, it's story time. And at that stage, we're bringing them into a calmer maybe quieter stage every child or every parent and child gets their own book i again own about three thousand books <laughs> because they're they can't share they're they don't have the brain connection to be able to share and i know we say to our children oh you must share they can't understand that so we don't get them to share in clap handies everyone always gets their own sets of equipment um, and the little story books that they get they're very simple books they might be lift the flat book where is You know, where is Frog? And they're little, simple five page books. And every week we have a new book and the parents sit down or the grown ups sit down with their little one. We all read together. Then we bring back out our puppet, which I didn't mention in the beginning, but we have a puppet every week. We bring back out our puppet and our puppet says goodbye. So it's a little 50 minute. I sort of see it as a stage show. And when I'm training my leaders, I'm definitely training them into being actors but we're not the most important person in the room. The, the grown-ups are the most important person because they're, well, we're all, obviously the little ones are, but it's the grown-ups that participation yeah. that yeah. creates. Like sometimes you're not doing the songs or the reading for your child. You're actually doing it for the child across the room. And the child across the room is seeing all the other grown-ups participating. And there's nothing better than, let's say, a room that's a little bit crazy and chaotic because of course they are. I might have 15 <laughs> wobblers in a room. It is going to be crazy and chaotic, but there's nothing better than hearing a group of grown-ups singing Twinkle Twinkle to change that atmosphere in the room and to change maybe, maybe a child is having, no one say a tantrum, but maybe they're having a little bit of a meltdown. Yeah, nothing yeah. better than to hear 15 adults um, singing Twinkle Twinkle to get them to distract them out of that. I'm all for, if your little one's having issues, distraction, distraction, distraction. Because they don't have the skill set or the brain connections to behave. Yeah. That learning is how, or play is how they learn. And if we can be more playful for the little ones, they're going to have more fun. But also as an adult, it's hard to be an adult because you have so many other stuff going on. So if you can be more playful in parenting, you'll get through your day and you'll end your day going, maybe it was a little bit better than yesterday. Which is what it's all about. Absolutely. And it is hard. Yeah. And the toddlers. Okay. So the toddlers, yeah. um, the toddlers are starting at around four, 16 months and they go up to around three years of age. We lose them at three because at three they go into the ecchi. And that's brilliant now that they're all going in at around that stage. 
I see one of the things in the toddler classes is to prepare them for that next stage. Because when they get into the ecchi, and it's funny because the ecchi is preparing them for the school stage, but they just will get so much more. They get, they're more prepared when they are spending time in a room with other toddlers of their age. So same structure as our wobblers. We start with our music, rhythm and rhyme. We're doing more developmental um, more advanced songs, more advanced actions. And we're expecting our toddlers to participate and give back and sing along more. But that'll take a term or two, it can do. Um, We use a lot of props. Again, same thing when we do our singing, we're bringing out a different set of props. We're obsessed with cleanliness, so we own a huge amount of equipment. We don't tend to share. So everything that's been used will be washed or cleaned for the next class. And we never hand down from our wobblers to our toddlers. Um, With our books in toddlers, again, we do story time, but we're doing more complex books. Our books might have four lines on each page. So The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Dear Zoo, these these books and they've got rhyme in the books and then the little ones, of course, they're not reading, but they are on they're listening to the patter and the rhythm and they're that's how we get their attention um, and keep their attention and how they really are engaging um, in the books. And they sit down, they begin to learn the structure of the class. And while in the first class, they might be like, I have no idea what's going on here. In the second and third class, we do every time we take back these props, because all the props that we use have to come back Back in. in, And we sing, everybody putting, putting, putting. And then when we do that, we end with a hip, hip, hooray. Grown-ups, what do we say in the play lab when they do a good job? And we all (laughs) go, hip, hip, hooray. And that encourages them through positive reinforcement to put the props back. And it's quite amazing. If you woke up to that room on a Friday morning, you would mm-hmm. be shocked by little ones coming in with their frogs and their rainbows and their things and putting them back in this basket. You'd be like, what magic is this? The magic is just, they see everyone else doing it. They're getting the reinforcement and in the class, they know there's something new. So the activities in the surprise house are more, are more um, structured. So there is an outcome to the play. I can bake where we're playing with dough, rolling pins, etc. I can cook where we play with lentils. Don't tell Lorraine here that I use lentils, (laughs) but we use a lot of lentils um, where we're playing with measuring and cupping, uh, measuring cups and sieves and little sweeping brushes. So there's an outcome to the play. We play um, I can cook where we play with walks and and. we have a day where we play with woks and we have little takeaway boxes and they put the Chinese food or the, the Asian it, yeah. food into the box. And then we do story time and then we do bubbles and 17 themes. Fabulous. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, that'll keep you going anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really keep tired us going. listening to it at the moment yeah. with all the different, different plays. But very, it is important for a child's development though. Uh, well, play is how they learn. Yeah, play is yeah. how they learn and it's through giving them lots of opportunities to play and maybe when we're at home maybe we don't get the chance to play i found sitting on the ground and a lot of parents find sitting on the ground and simply playing difficult yeah um it's challenging so the play labs hopefully will inspire you to be more playful inspire you to spend the time and do you encourage then i suppose the, the the parents um to have more play at home 
yeah. themselves then afterwards. Yeah, know, so, so they might see, today we played with lentils. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'll go into the kitchen press and I'll get out this, the pasta and I'll play with the pasta. We do very simple play. So it's yeah. stuff that you can play at home. Um, we play shop. So we have like all these baskets with these plastic fruit and stuff. You can go home and you can play shop at home. Mm. Um, but just just grabbing some stuff from the presses. And while independent play, of course, is important for toddlers, when, we, when we're at the stage of wobblers um, and toddlers, all they really want to do is play with you. You're their best friend. That's what we say in Clap Handies. Mm. You're their best friend. All they want to do is sit down and play with you. And we spend a lot of money as parents buying toys. Grandparents spend a lot of money buying big presents for Christmas mm-hmm. and, and, and birthdays. You don't need all of that. And actually it. too much toys, it causes chaos and is yeah. overwhelming for their, for their brains. Yeah. So just the simplicity of stopping, put the phone down and just sitting on the floor and playing and following their lead. It's something that mm. I learned when we were doing speech and language therapy is follow their lead when they want to play. You might be like, right, I've set up all of this toys over here and we're going to play shop. Mm. And they might be like, I want to play with the car. Follow their lead and play with the car. But 15, you don't have to sit for an hour. Yeah. 15 minutes a day will fill up their, you know, we talk about filling up their emotional cups and their glasses. That 15 minutes of sitting on the floor and playing is, is, the best thing that you can do for them, yeah. Time and, and energy. Just, just simplicity, yeah, yeah. time. Stop and put down the phone and the washing can wait and the sweeping can wait and all of that just, and it doesn't, like it doesn't have to be an hour or two hours playing. Yeah. 15, 15 minutes, minutes, sit down and play, sing a nursery rhyme. You mentioned there, uh, it's all about cleanliness as well. Yeah. And obviously with so much uh, props and going around yeah. as well. So we can't, we unfortunately, and thankfully, we hopefully are out of COVID, which was yeah. all about cleanliness as well, uh, given that everything had to be wiped down. How did you cope during um, COVID? We shut down. We were totally put into shutdown as everything else was. We from, I think it was the 20th of March. I will never forget the day because I had mm. to let the staff go. I thought the world was coming to an end. Mm. I thought the business was totally gone. I am, But the next day, I think literally the Monday the next day because we were in the middle of term and I I didn't like the idea of offering refunds. So I was like, we'll be back in two weeks when lockdown is over. Well, the following Monday, I woke up and I went, OK, I'm going to do an Instagram live. I never, didn't think anybody would come. And I put it out on Instagram and I said, so I'm going to do a live play lab for toddlers and wobblers and, at 10 o'clock and for babies at 11 o'clock. And I grabbed some props from my storage unit. I grabbed my put it, put, uh, my puppy, pup, pup, puppet. I put on my apron and I logged on to Instagram at 10 o'clock and there was 900 people on the live session. Oh, and I was like, like, we only had 400 people coming to classes at those yeah, days. Yeah. There were 900 people because everybody shared because everybody was at home and everybody was in shock. And I'm getting I'm getting the um, goosebumps thinking about it. So I sang and I did a class. I was like, how can we do a class online? So I was just, obviously I couldn't see the children, but I was like, okay, grown-ups, follow along with me. Are you singing? And we're going to do the everybody song. And I sung and I couldn't do the play, but I was like, okay, now I want you to go away and I want you to play shop at home because I couldn't give them the props, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I was like, if you have a rubber duck at home, 
bring it out. We're going to sing Three Little Ducks. Um, so I was standing there in my kitchen and then I did the baby class and I did the first day of baby massage. I had no idea what was going on behind the screen, but there was 600, 700, 800, 900 people there. So I said, OK, that worked, guys. I'll do it tomorrow. I got up tomorrow morning and we were all in shock and we all Absolutely. thought the world was coming yeah, to an end. Yeah, yeah. And I got up tomorrow morning and I did the same thing and I cleared my kitchen and I put bunting up in the kitchen and I told the children they had to do school from home. I had teenagers and they could do it from their bedroom. And I did that the second morning and the third morning. And I kept doing that. And then people were like, Lisa, can we pay you? And I was like, well, OK, well, I'll do Zoom sessions. So I kept up. Eventually, I just did the Instagram live, which were the free sessions. I did them twice a week or once a week. I think it was a Wednesday. I can't remember. And then I did the Zoom sessions and people paid me for the Zoom sessions. And I kept that up for whatever, a year and a half. Like we've all yeah, forgotten how yeah. long that period was. But I kept that up for a year and a half. And then we were allowed run classes outdoors. Um, we weren't allowed to come back into the community yeah, centres. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't know. So it was that summer of the second year. So it was the summer of 21. And I went, OK, we'll try. We'll try and run classes outdoors. Because people were telling me online how grateful they were and what a mm. difference it made to them to just have that hour structure. Um, so I got my leaders. I hired all the leaders back because the government were giving incentives. So yeah. I hired them back after four or five months. Um, of them being on the COVID pay. So I hired the leaders back and then we said, we'll run outdoors. Now, the craziness of that, imagine running this with toddlers and wobblers in a park. We were in Harold's <laughs> Cross Park. We were in Rohini Park. We were in parks and football pitches. Some of them were beautiful. We were in Malahide Castle. It was stunning. Other ones, we were on the side of the mountain up in, um, I don't know, South County Dublin in a football pitch. So there were dogs and builders and grandparents and people walking around. But we gave it a go. And when I bought it out to sell, I couldn't believe it. We sold out within one day. We sold out all the park places. So we went to the park and luckily that year, we don't remember, it wasn't the year like this year, it didn't rain. So we got away with it. We ran outdoors. And then when we came back, I couldn't believe how I thought the business was dead, obviously, at the beginning of COVID. Yeah, but when yeah. we came back, we came back with such a bang. We sold out. We had all the people that we owed terms to. Nobody took refunds because they understood businesses couldn't afford to. I didn't have the money in the bank to pay the refunds. Yeah. So when we came back, people took the credit. And some people were coming with their second baby because their toddlers had gone on, yeah. got on or gave their yeah. credit to a friend. Or at that stage, I could afford to give refunds to people that couldn't, that didn't take them. So... When we came back, we came back with a bang. We had 20 venues and we're now, what, a year and a half later? I can't remember again that time frame. We now have 40 venues. I just opened four new venues in Cork. And when I went to Cork this week, people were saying to me, I couldn't believe it. They were like, Lisa, I came to your classes on Zoom. Like, who knew that yeah, that was yeah. going to be the, cat um, the, that was going to be how we grew. And um, so, yeah, so now we run. Um, 130 classes a week. I have 18 staff. Um, I don't run any classes myself, but now my job is training the staff, doing the marketing and just creating um, a lovely place to work. We also love, you know, the leaders that work. Most of our leaders are parents. Most of our leaders, all of our leaders work part time. They work 20 hours a week, which works so well for them. So I'm just creating this nice little family we have this week. 1,200 people coming to class. 
So my thing is, is we make the world yeah. more playful. Well done. Well Thank done. you. Absolutely. It's fascinating. And of course, for people uh, here in uh, Ringsend, Irish Town and yeah. the surrounding areas, you're here every Friday morning. What time? Uh, 9.45, 10.45 and 11.45. You need to go to clubhandies.com. So yeah. how the booking systems work, because um, we are full in a lot of venues, but yeah. not all venues. Um, you need to register your interest in the new term if we don't have space. But I think we do have some space here and we're also in Sandy Mount and I think we might have some space. But you register your interest in the new term and that gives you early access to booking for the following term. And the terms are seven weeks long and we have yeah. six terms a year. Brilliant. And cost? Uh, so it's €124 Euros for seven weeks. Lovely. And, uh, well, I have to attend one of them, I'd say, because... Uh, <laughs> You'll have to come with your grandchildren. Uh, I'll have to bring the grandchildren down. Absolutely. How old are your grandchildren? Uh, seven and six months, I think. Seven months and six months. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. do you know what? In about a month... We will have our Wobbler Play Lab here and you're invited as our guest to come one morning or more than one morning, please. But please come up as our guest upstairs to come and play in our Wobbler Play Lab. Lisa, thanks a lot for coming in to tell us all about uh, your business and uh, we wish you every success in the future. I'm sure you're going to go from strength to strength. Thanks so much. Well, that's all from the Community News Desk this week. My thanks to our guests, Lisa Crotty and Leah Chevalier, and to the Rick Radio crew, Ronan Adam on sound and editing, Leslie on admin, Jennifer on social media, and Darren on the website. If you'd like to contact us, our email address is rickradio2020 at gmail.com. From me, Mick, take care and have a great week.